0: season to bathtub Ohio
1: Hey, Austin. Hey, Corey. How are you doing?
0: You know, it has been a fucking week, but I am here, and tomorrow's another week.
1: Yeah, I definitely, definitely needed this bath. I am tired, confused, and thinking about Cornhuskers.
0: Okay. Well, that is certainly a thought to have. I'm also tired. I got less than four hours of sleep last night, like... Mm. I got back from my friend's house and just got a terrible headache that only got worse and just kept me up.
1: Mm. Yeah, and you don't even have a baby. I don't. That would be the reason why you only got four hours of sleep.
0: Nope, those are not my reasons. My reasons are terrible. (laughs) My reasons are my my, my own body rejecting me.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope you're feeling better.
0: Yeah, I'm okay now. We'll hopefully get some sleep tonight and maybe be a little less... Anxious and restless next week. We'll see.
1: Yeah, that's always the goal, but it never seems to happen as if, if, if you're anything like me.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm like you.
1: <laughs> and I wanted to make clear those three things I said, tired, confused, and thinking about corn huskers, are all unrelated.
0: Are you sure?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes! Yes!
0: Yes, yes, yes!
1: I am tired just because, like we said, it's been a week. My wife is... F- just now getting over a nasty sickness that had her like out of work for over a week and in bed like the whole time it was awful yeah that's so good but luckily she's finally feeling a bit better now after a week and a half so i've been i've been watching the baby and the dog and the house and myself um as she rests up and gets better and that's why i'm tired and i'm just who i am and i I can't seem to go to bed at a normal time because I always have all this stuff I want to do.
0: Yeah, the whole normal time thing's hit or miss for me. I'm kind of the same, but it's like, I go through periods like that where my sleep schedule is just off, I'm staying up late, I'm getting up, I'm doing whatever. But then like other times it's very much like, okay, it's between these hours I'm going to bed.
1: I always plan on it and it hasn't happened in about a decade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think this is just you then.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I'm confused because we're in bathtubs.
0: We are back in the... Wa- See, I'm I'm not confused by that. Like, I feel right at home. This is how it's supposed to be.
1: Well, that's not the only reason I'm confused, but I'm also confused about this week's episode. <laughs> I. I am so confused. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's certainly something. <laughs> I will admit I've watched it fucking like four or five times at this point in preparation for this, and... <laughs> It took me until, the like, the third or fourth time of watching it to fully understand it, I think, and to, like, understand <laughs> what they were going for in certain parts because it feels very randomly cut together. At least it did initially for me, and then it yeah. started to make sense more.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, we will talk about that later. So I probably should have had that last. And I'm just thinking about Cornhuskers as one does. As one does. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it's never come up on a bathtub-themed podcast before, but I am a boy with eczema. Uh, <laughs> I have the most unhealthy skin on the planet. I've had every skin disease possible. Luckily, not needing what, bad ones in a while. But yeah, every winter, the eczema breaks out. And I have struggled to find a lotion or salve or balm that that really helps consistently. And I was at Meyer this week picking some stuff up. And at the bottom shelf, there was something just called corn huskers ointment. It was only $3. So I picked it up and it seems to be doing okay. Better than maybe most lotions, but not life changing. Okay. But that's why corn huskers have been on the mind because is that still a thing? Are people regularly shucking corn? And if they are, do. I mean I could imagine that making their skin dry.
0: Yeah, I assume some people are still shucking corn by hand, but probably not the vast majority of, you know, jobs that would have been corn husking jobs.
1: Right. Right. And I for the aforementioned reasons frequent the lotion aisle and I've never seen this before, so it it might be new? It feels like it shouldn't be. Right. <laughs>
0: Like, this feels like it should be an old, like, Brill cream, like, old brand.
1: Or bag balm. You ever get bag balm, Austin? No, I've never gotten bag balm. Do you know what bag balm is? No. You've never heard of it? No, this is all news. (laughs) This is something, like, we grew up with. It comes in this cool, green, old-timey tin. And it's technically for cow udders. Okay. I think when it was first made like a hundred some years ago, but then people found it was also good for their own skin. It might be in the same vein.
0: Well, I mean, that makes sense. I know personally my skin is very similar to that of a
1: cow's udder. Apocalypse. cow chum, the worst guy. Right. That's something I think about often. It's a of good comparison. <laughs> it's not a crazy thing. You can get like lip little things of bag balm now. Like, it's a very popular ointment.
0: I never heard of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the, I'm, I was going to say the skin king, but that's the opposite. Yeah. But maybe the skin care ointment?
0: I think you're just the guinea pig.
1: Yeah, of these weird farm ointments. Yep. These snake oils from Old McDonald.
0: You'll be using goat milkers next.
1: Goat milk is actually really good for your skin. I mean, I know that's not what you said, but that is a thing.
0: Yes, I, I do know that, I do know that.
1: Maybe that can be a sack soup seasoning is, is goat milk in the future. Where does one procure fresh goat milk? Uh, it's right next to the shop with the yak's blood. It's funny you mentioned that because me and my wife actually have a plan to buy a yak farm and like, not like a jokey, how funny would that be, but like a legit serious way. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, we've gone long on this cold open, but I feel like I'm opening your eyes to all the stuff you could be putting on your skin.
0: You know, I suppose you are. I'm not sure (laughs) if I'm going to put most of these things on my skin, but I suppose we'll see.
1: You don't ever deal with like tap skin in the winter?
0: Not in a way that bothers me.
1: Dude, oh my God, I was out cutting wood the other day for a fireplace. And, like, my skin, like, I was just bleeding on my hands because of how dry it was. Like, I didn't nick it with a saw or anything. I just had all these little micro cuts all over because of how dried out my skin got.
0: Yeah, I've definitely had that happen before. And, like, that sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. But, like, it has to get pretty bad for me to get to that point, And it usually doesn't. But I also... I don't like chapstick.
1: That's not one I have an issue with. My lips are nice and moist, but the rest of me isn't.
0: Fair enough. That's just one of those things, like to the point that for a while I was weird enough that like, I didn't like kissing a girl if she was wearing lipstick. I'm not like that anymore. I've grown (laughs) up and things are different, but it was a texture thing. Like I I still don't wear chapstick. (laughs) Like my lips have to get really fucking bad for me to want to wear it.
1: Well, you heard it here first. Austin will kiss you if you have lipstick on. It's true, I will. I'll even put some lipstick on to kiss you if you want. Or some bag balm, maybe. Uh, maybe. I, we'll see. <laughs> we, sponsorship, baby. <maybe? laughs>
0: Just put some bag bomb on it. Maybe.
1: Well, we've danced around it, Austin. Do you have any sack soup seasoning this week? Oh. hate soup. It's the wettest of foods. My
0: soup is sack seasoned. Is that the right way to say that?
1: Not at all. Well, okay. Well, I think it
0: is. Okay. Alright. So there we go. My soup is sack seasoned. Or is my sack soup seasoned? Both. Okay. So, yes, I do have sack soup seasoning. Tonight's bath was another gift bath bomb. This one aimed towards my love of sharks and blood. This was Mm -hmm. a Shark Attack Bloodbath Bath
1: bath Bomb. It is chamomile scented. My water is red and it is lovely. Very, very nice. Except for the chamomile. I don't like chamomile. Can't get behind it. Everything else of that sounds wonderful, though. No chamomile noted. Lots of lavender, though. I love lavender and rose. I'm throwing a lot of curveballs on this episode. I've got two sack soup seasonings in today. The first one is June and Moon. Rosé, aloe, and vitamin E. Happy Mother's Day bubbling bath fizz.
0: Okay, happy Mother's Day.
1: Thank you. You're the first one who said it.
0: That's cause it's January.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a mother. (laughs) Motherfucker. I got this on clearance at a store and I didn't realize the cap wasn't fully sealed and it's rock solid. It's kind of like the form of like a powder, but I got it out with my pocket knife. But the other one, so I've been really active on our Twitter recently, and if anyone listening follows there will notice that one of my replies to somebody was they were talking about how their bath bombs always feel funny on their legs and feet. And that would only mean you added it after being in the bath, which is not something I'd ever considered before. So I'm going to do that live on camera and in bathtub. We'll do it live! Fuck it!
0: Oh shit, Corey's dropping a bomb.
1: I am, and Freud would have a lot to say about this one, because it was a Christmas present from my sister, (laughs) who also listens to this podcast. I think that's perfectly fine.
0: I'm not using it currently. I haven't used it yet, but I also received a Christmas gift bath seasoning from my mother, so.
1: (laughs) That's even weirder. Uh,
0: Our family just wants us to take good baths, Cory.
1: I think so. They're all about self-care. I love it. But this is cedar wood from Ritzy Bath Bomb. And on the label, it says it's earthy and woodsy with a true cedar scent. So let's open this up. It's wrapped in foil. Ooh, it's multicolored. It looks like an old, like Smarty Pop. Is it green? Oh shit, it just broke in half. Not the way you would think it would. But it's green and brown. So let me throw these two halves now in my tub and I'll let you know how it is in a few. Oh geez, that does feel weird. Oh, that's an interesting sensation, Austin. I mean, okay. I have bubbles coming up the back of my kneecaps in my knee pits. Oh, that's a really odd sensation.
0: Have you never been in a
1: jacuzzi tub? We, yeah, but usually the jets aren't going into your knee pits.
0: Oh, well, you're in the wrong tubs, man. <laughs>
1: Is that where the, those are the good tubs.
0: The good tubs hit your pits, man.
1: (laughs) And not the pits you would think. Never the pits you would think. (laughs) I think that's all the weird surprises I have for this evening, but we'll see how the night takes us. Yeah, you never
0: know what's going to pop up. He's got the boner again. Hmm, Maybe shouldn't say that in a bathtub.
1: Uh, There are a couple things, yeah, (laughs) that I hope don't. Honestly, I never thought about it. That's not a problem I've ever had on our podcast. Nope, same. Good to know. My ego's a little hurt, but my conscience is happy.
0: Well, that's all that matters. Well, it's not all that matters. The (laughs) other thing that matters (laughs) is are you having a beverage?
1: I am. Actually, we'll get to it later in the episode, but I think we may have a name for what we call this segment but we have a repeat tonight. It's the same one I had last time. It is just club soda with Trader Joe's classic bitters. Lovely. Very lovely. It's light, but with all the flavor you would expect out of a classic bitters. Still weird that it's clear, but it's really good. That's still, that
0: weirds me out a little
1: bit, but I mean, whatever. What about you? What are you imbibing on this Sunday night?
0: So tonight I have from Hidden Springs Ale Works in Tampa, Florida. Sour ale with plum and bourbon-soaked oak chips called I Am the Walrus. That is
1: the wildest drink I think I've ever heard described.
0: Yeah, it definitely grabbed my attention, and I grabbed the four-pack. On top of that, I have a black cherry cheesecake pre-roll.
1: Nice. Now, I'm not a fan of sours. I was for one night. I went to a tasting from a brewery that brought out all their sours, and they were good. And I was stuck on the toilet the next, like, three days. That live bacteria or yeast fucked me up real good.
0: (laughs) I'm personally a huge fan of Sours. They're one of my favorite types of beer, especially in the summer, which it's clearly not. But
1: (laughs) They don't know that. They've only got us in their ear holes.
0: I just said it was January. And? (laughs) I think I made my point. This beer is wild and delicious, though.
1: Do you want to go ahead and uh, slide right into that episode?
0: Slide right in, baby. Daddy, daddy.
1: Now, you are better at this kind of thing than me, so I think I'm going to start handing it off. Tell us what we watched this week.
0: This week, we decided to spin off from The Tick. <laughs> Specifically, you may remember from episode nine, The Terror, we mentioned that the actor who played Metcalf, Peter Bergman, was featured in some short films in the 70s with some wild titles things about the earth being stoned i think and this one everything you know is wrong now i'll get this out of the way in the front none of the cast is of any you know real note you wouldn't recognize them from most things they're more known for these projects because it was a series by they're called fire sign theater but there is one actor who went on to make more of a name for himself, and that is Phil Proctor. Again, you probably wouldn't recognize him, but he's been a voice actor for Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, Lion King, Tarzan, that kind of stuff. The
1: name sounds familiar. He
0: was in something live-action that he was, like, also known for, but I don't remember what it was now.
1: And uh, this was, like, a radio thing, right? It was, like, a radio special, and then they made some short films recreating those or mouthing to those radio specials later, right?
0: Yeah, it seems like this series was originally recorded audio only and was released on vinyl record. And then, yeah, at some point they made video to a lot of this stuff. So this is a video version of the record recording, which is also selling the record recording in the video.
1: Right, yeah, it's super meta in the funniest way. I was just trying to look up, I know, it was. it's associated with a radio station. I remember looking it up like a couple weeks ago. Okay, that I didn't
0: find and what I was looking
1: at. It was KPFKFM which is an L.A. radio station. Which this is based
0: in California, Arizona area.
1: Mm -hmm. This is a hell of a short film. Oh my God, this is one of the wildest things my eyes have ever witnessed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when we were discussing this episode and uh, doing this film, I think you said that it reminded you of an American Monty Python, and I didn't make that connection at first, but absolutely, especially in certain points, it does.
1: It is, that's what it is. When I said that, I only watched clips, but after watching this all the way through in certain parts a few times, this was American Monty Python. I don't know how this wasn't more popular. (laughs) Fair,
0: fair, yeah. I I had never heard of any of this stuff until Mm -mm. we watched The Terror, and-
1: Same. uh, Now here we are. Here we are. Who would have thought? Oh, before we start, we are still trying to find things that are available to watch easily. And uh, this is all on YouTube. The whole short's on YouTube.
0: Yep. The only thing that you have to contend with, and it really only exists in one section for like a minute or two, is some of the audio on the YouTube version is garbled off of the original recording.
1: Oh, I thought part of that was on purpose.
0: I didn't. I thought it was a fucked up record, but I could be wrong. So another small detail that Corey already knows, I actually purchased the record version of this. (laughs) I haven't listened to it yet. I got it off of eBay, but I will try to remember to follow up and let you know if the garbled section is garbled.
1: Yeah, because as we'll get to, the garbled parts were only in the historical reenactments, so I thought it was on purpose. Okay, fair. But let's dive right in. So this starts, and the first thing we see is that it is produced. By Nude Age Enterprises, which I wish wasn't already taken or we'd have thought of, because that would have been a great name for our company. Absolutely.
0: One day we'll have n- not Nude Age, but hopefully something tangentially related. And
1: a company, and an LLC, we'll, we'll be an LLC
0: someday, Austin.
1: One can only dream.
0: So after the title or the production company card, there is a Desert Sunrise and a voiceover from our host. Happy Harry Cox.
1: I don't know how you came by this record, but you are now embarked upon a journey that must certainly lead you to change your life forever. If you were never a special person, you are a special person now. Hello, Seeker. Now don't feel alone here in the new age because there's a Seeker born every minute. This is a gentleman and a half. Yeah, he has
0: a... Floral Hawaiian shirt on the whole time. He's always got a big unlit cigar in his mouth. And he's got like a tan safari kind of hat. Not like Colonel Mustard, but like
1: Indiana Jones-ish. Does he? Yeah. I didn't notice the hat. I mean, he's got like long, unkempt gray hair. He does. But I don't think I ever noticed that he had a hat on. Yeah, his
0: hair is like, like 70s California surfer hair, but
1: it's gray. He kind of reminded me if Xenophilius Lovegood was like a trailer park trashy person. Okay, that's okay. There was only one line from this intro. If you were never a special person, you are a special person now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's basically just, you know, you are watching this everything you know is wrong film, exposing these truths to you. It's hosted by him. He's your guide down this unveiling and he's just introducing you to this piece of media. Mm-hmm. His fans are called Seekers, so he's saying, hello, Seeker. Then we get into him in his trailer where he's promoting their other records in the series. The series is called Men Never <laughs> Lived on Earth, and it includes I Came from Outer Space and Strangers at Your Door.
1: And also there's one that is Do Pigs Live on Trees? So that's not an installment, but
0: that is a question he asks.
1: Oh. Do pigs live on trees, Austin? <laughs> a Apparently not. We're all on the edge of our tub waiting for this answer. So
0: according to this movie, pigs do not live in trees, but I guess it is commonly believed they do. Now, I know you raised pigs.
1: I don't remember there being trees. I did. No, but they will dig under them. They they will root them out. Fair enough. And they can also swim. All pigs are natural swimmers. It's something they just know from birth, which is not something many people know. But it's also really strange because it's not an animal you would think of as aquatic. So pigs are dogs. Cool. Pigs are dogs, and dogs are from space.
0: Yes, that is that is covered in this this film as well. <laughs> dogs are from space. They came here to rule Earth. So after he you know says hello to the Seekers, we get an actual intro made for this film, the film inside the film, and. In it, it says that dogs flew spaceships, mm-hmm. the Aztecs invented the vacation, mm-hmm. men and women are the same sex, mm-hmm. our forefathers took drugs, mm-hmm. and your brain is not the boss. All of which will come back around in the course of this movie.
1: Except for kind of the dog thing.
0: The dog thing comes, the dog thing's is the first thing they go into.
1: Yeah, but I didn't understand any of the first thing we, we came to, so in my mind that didn't happen. Okay, we're we're writing off the scene we're about to talk about. Corey may not even remember it. Mm-hmm. I watched it like three times. I I still didn't understand anything that was happening.
0: So here's the point where he talks about the pigs. Harry Cox says, hello seekers, here we go again, and hello especially to the skeptic inside you who might still believe that pigs live in trees and the faithful rover is nothing more than a pet sleeping by the doggy door. Well, dog on it, he's smarter than you'll ever be. Yes, I've got proof here that his ancestors came from the dog star millions of years ago to rule the earth. He's been there, and you probably don't even know where you are. Don't believe it? Well, (laughs) listen to this. (laughs) And at that point, it cuts to the scene that Corey doesn't remember.
1: I remember it. I just didn't understand it.
0: Harry Cox is interviewing a police officer at the scene of this unexplained extraterrestrial event, we'll say. Uh, He's got his portable tape recorder. He's doing his thing. But I will say, to play to your confusion here, I did think that the very first thing that they showed on this scene was a little confusing because it made it look like a traffic stop. Oh, that didn't confuse me. I knew it was like a grave robbery. I don't know how they didn't mention that until like halfway through. But anyway,
1: <laughs> they're in a graveyard. You can see them. I didn't
0: see the graveyard. I saw the guy in a car holding his ID that looked like he'd been pulled over by this officer.
1: So Austin is grave blind and I am hat blind. That's what we've learned.
0: Mhm. But at this point the officer says he Initially thought it was a dog because it howled and had big friendly eyes, but says that the creature was digging up the graveyard with a shovel and he figured it was one of them werewolves we're having. He slipped a wooded load in his shotgun and he says all of a sudden, now this is going to sound crazy, a big dog shape with flashing lights come up over the top of the hill, that one right over there, about 100 miles an hour. This dog or wolf or whatever it was took off like a bug rabbit over the dry hump over there.
1: I'm still confused.
0: Also during this part of the interview, Happy Cox trips and falls over and another person acting like a reporter at least holds a bottle of milk up to the officer's
1: face like a microphone. No, I thought he was trying to give him milk, and he's like, I don't drink while on duty. I'm not a drinking man on duty, Mr. Cox, not me.
0: I took the drinking on duty line as just a furthering of the line he had already said.
1: I know, but later on in the episode, they talk about how the aliens don't like milk, so I thought that was a nod to that. It may have been a
0: nod to that. That is possible, but I don't know why someone would just be trying to give this police officer milk as he's being interviewed. I don't know. At that point, we get a little bit of a segue where Harry's just saying, this is a police officer. This isn't some crazy whatever. Like You can trust what he's saying is going to be straight. Don't trust cops. And then he talks about the wooden marker over the grave where the creature was digging. He says, it bore a mysterious inscription, much faded with time and wormholes. It read, no name, died 1897, with the curious epitaph,
1: not from around here, but a real square little feller. I want that on my gravestone because it would just confuse people. And I want to cause as much misery in death as I, I haven't really caused any misery in life. So I'm going to catch all up then. Well, okay.
0: You have this in recording now. I mean, this is documented.
1: I know this is actually Austin. Awesome. This whole time has been my, this, this show, not just this episode has been my living will. Okay, now I don't know what we're supposed to do with that, but okay. Uh, So more misery. To misery.
0: just bringing it all. (laughs) (laughs) So Corey, do you want to tell us what happens after this? And I'll admit, it's a very- It's hectic. Brief reference to the dog thing. The dog thing does come back around, but again, it's a very minor reference. But I will say about this film in general, very little that they are saying they're going into any great detail about.
1: Right, and I think for one, I struggled to hear a lot of what was said in certain parts of this episode. And it wasn't because of the garbledness, it was because people were talking over each other. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But also with this scene in particular, About like halfway through between this and the next scene, which is a continuation when they're in a newsroom, they stop referring to it as a dog and start referring to this creature as if it's a little man. And I was just so confused. It's like, are we still talking about the dog or is there a little guy now?
0: Yeah, so I'll put this out there now. I don't know if the dog aliens are supposed to be different than the other aliens that they talk about (laughs) in this story. But the other aliens do not look like dogs.
1: Not at all, or wolves.
0: No, or wolves, but there is a howl at one point. I I don't, I don't know if this is just some terrible, terrible continuity, and they're supposed to be the same alien somehow, <laughs> or if there are two separate aliens they are talking about
1: here. Or maybe that's the joke.
0: I guess there would have to be two separate aliens they're talking about here because these are new aliens making contact, and he's saying that the dog aliens have been here for all these years. They
1: are not new aliens, I mean, they have come in more force, but at one point later on, another scene, no spoilers. It is referenced that there's a specific spot that the aliens always like to be when they land. Yeah, fair. okay.
0: Not new, but also not dogs being aliens who have been living right.
1: Alive. We'll figure it out maybe, but <laughs> I do have a little more clarity on the next part of this scene. So uh, happy Harry. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> he goes to a newsroom or newspaper place. It's the Hellmouth Heater Democrat. I thought they were gonna make like a political joke. I think that was just like an old timey thing some newspapers were called. They never did. Yeah, no, there was nothing there. But he's at this newspaper place and he's investigating this date in this headstone to find out how this guy died and wanted to get like the news articles from that month when it says the person died. Yep, One of my favorite lines has got a few stars from the episode is here. He's talking to the newsman about this, and the newspaper guy mentions this like 1897. Oh, that was a crazy year, you know. In 1897, there was a yellow jacket epidemic, but that was also very fashionable in those days. <laughs> that was one I didn't catch the first time I watched that scene. But that's a wonderful joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, this exchange was good, and that was a good part of it. It reminded me of like something Abe Simpson would say.
1: So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. The newspaper guy, though, finds the article and he says that this happens about every 10 years or so, where there is a story very similar to the one he's investigating with the wolfman digging up a grave and being averse to milk.
0: Yes, I made that note as well. And
1: then it kind of just cuts from there, like there's not really a conclusion that I caught.
0: No, there's not a conclusion, but there is another part of this exchange. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah there is. He's reading the
0: newspaper article aloud. Lem, the editor of the newspaper. What was his name? His name was Lem Ash-Haller. What a name. There are some good names in this. There are certainly some names in this. But I missed that one, and that's a good one. So he says, came out of a well wearing ladies' shoes. Mm -hmm.
1: And that does come back later.
0: Didn't know what milk was. Repeated anything anybody said. And while he's reading this, Harry's reading along out loud at the same time. And Lem's like, I'm reading it. (laughs) So then he keeps reading. It says, real little, smooth like baby's feet, with big, friendly eyes. But Harry did not stop reading along. He was still doing the same thing. (laughs) After reading all this, Lem just turns up the camera. He's like, he sounds like a real nice guy.
1: (laughs) in particular definitely gave me Tick vibes. Like the rest of the show didn't, but like this scene, I I was thinking like, man, it's funny we watch this out of the Tick because this particular scene could have been an exchange that happened in the Tick.
0: Yeah, for sure. After making that comment, Lim finishes reading the article. He says,
1: Took him to the Swiss picnic for a good time and he choked to death on a piece of cheese. (laughs) What a way to go that, you know what? If this is my living will and testament, then I also am gonna just manifest it now that I want to have a death by cheese. What a wonderful Midwestern way to go. Absolutely, and
0: what a concise story. Like this newspaper article, all these just short sentences. Here's what happened, we went from start to finish, the dude fucking died, here we are.
1: That was the speech. It was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. I I loved loved it. it. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. If you were to be killed by cheese, Austin, what cheese would you be killed by? I'd want to go down by a hard
0: hitter. Give me that Limburger.
1: Ooh, that is one of the few cheeses. I mean, I'll eat it if it's on something, but I don't love it. I'm torn between, like, a real Parmesan Reggiano or a non-smoked Gouda. I like smoked Gouda every once in a while, but like just a regular white Gouda, oh, it's so good. And you know what, scratch that, scratch them both. I'm a provolone man, I wanna go by provolone. So I was gonna say, it
0: might be nice to be killed by a soft cheese, you know, like a brie or goat cheese. Why oh, do we
1: really like goat cheese, like feta. Most cheeses I can imagine like some crazy, like thousand ways to die from, but feta, I can't. Cause it's all crumbly, you couldn't suffocate on it. It would all break apart. It's like squishy, if you fell into a vat of feta, you'd be great.
0: Yeah, I don't, know.
1: feta's your friend, guys. My first instinct was fresh mozzarella, but it's too bland. I mean, it's very good, but I want something with a little more flavor to die in my throat.
0: Sure, sure, give me like a habanero Monterey
1: Jack or something. hmm a real sharp cheddar, which is not my favorite, but it would definitely be a good way to go. Yeah, I mean, a sharp cheddar
0: is gonna fucking stab your heart out, man. What, what, what? What's so scary about
1: cheddar? Unless you died by like boofing cheese. And so you could boof Feta. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you ever say a sentence and just think, I don't think another human alive has said this sentence. Uh, multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so after the newspaper office, we get another, you know, segue Harry tying his everything you know is wrong production
1: together curio arizona crumbling remnant of the old west or could it be the final resting place of a little guy from outer space there's some fun names on the map that he points at too like it's right below um rumor but above mystery i missed that
0: but he then says think your children are as innocent as a new puppy next door well (laughs) they know something you don't know they know that their american forefathers took drugs and you probably don't even know where your father is.
1: <laughs> this is not my top three lines for the episode. I laughed so hard I had to pause.
0: This is also <laughs> marked on my favorite lines list.
1: <laughs> I honestly, I don't know why, but I find it funnier without the last part about your fathers, where it's just think your children are as innocent as the new puppy next door. They know that the American forefathers took drugs. God, that'd be a great t-shirt. It could be. Yeah, that was the only thing I had from that scene because then, after he says that crazy thing, we cut to Ben Franklin. And Ben Franklin is writing his journal and we find out that he really wants to fuck trees. Like, he does. really wants to sleep with them. A little context first. <laughs>
0: we don't just cut to Ben Franklin wanting to fuck trees. We kind of do. What happens is Harry shows us an educational film meant for classrooms. And this educational film is called Ben Franklin Hero or Hophead.
1: I miss that completely. I don't remember that and I watched this like three hours ago. Yeah, the
0: opening roles, there's a dog oh, in a circle, gotcha, like gotcha. Porky Pig, it's nergy classroom films or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get the title card, Ben Franklin Hero Hophead, and then you get this reenactor as Ben Franklin. He's smoking a pipe and he's writing a letter talking about how he wants to fuck Native Americans and trees, but he's too afraid to be cold, so he never did, and he regrets it. You
1: skipped over it. This is also in my top favorite lines. I wanted the woods and the Indians to sleep with me, but I was afraid of the cold and made them sleep outside. That is a tickism and a half. Like... That is some wild shit that sounds profound, but is meaningless and is weirder the more you read or think through
0: the line. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So that actually wasn't in my notes. I remember the line, but I paraphrased that part.
1: That's what I'm saying. I Another section I had to stop, I was laughing so hard.
0: What I did stop and laugh at in this is that was directly followed by Ben Franklin, the only president of the United States <laughs> who was never president of the United States. <laughs>
1: I already posted that, I think, on our Facebook and Twitter, just with no context.
0: <laughs> I know, it's like, it's not a new joke. I mean, maybe it was newer at the time, probably not still, but it's fucking
1: great. It's so funny. Because he says it so matter-of-fact, like it's not like, haha jokey-jokey. He says it like it's a real fact.
0: Yeah, he says it so straight mm-hmm, that you don't even mm-hmm. think twice about it. And then right. he like finishes the line, you're like, wait, yeah, no, fuck, he's not.
1: <laughs> ben Franklin, the only president of the United States who was never president of the United States.
0: The narrator then is, you know, leading us through retracing some of Ben Franklin's history. And we see a reenactment of Ben as an apprentice bookmaker. He's cooking a book in foil over a fireplace like popcorn.
1: Is that what he was doing? I was really confused what he was putting in the fire.
0: Yeah, no, it's a book, open book wrapped in foil. It's after they say he's an apprentice bookmaker.
1: Yeah, I was trying to find a joke or something. I couldn't figure out. What he had in the foil. Yeah, just a weird absurdism. Mm.
0: So then Ben Franklin starts narrating himself, and we follow him into this gathering. He says, So I betook me to the Hashfire Inn for a secret caucus of the hotheads, rebellious libertines all lusting for life and liberty. The real George Washington brought the hemp, and I the evening papers. Uh, and we see him walking in. <laughs>
1: I didn't catch that. That's a great, great line.
0: Yeah, 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 he's wearing these dark sunglasses that are definitely more modern than the time, just looking like a real cool dude.
1: Did you hear that? A real cool dude. <laughs> and he's got the fattest blunt.
0: I think it was a pipe, maybe it was a blunt.
1: No, it's, a, it's just a huge ass, like size of your forearm blunt because I thought it was a pipe too.
0: It is like a foot long, and George Washington hands it to him as uh, he walks in, and they walk across the room together. So these forefathers are sitting at this table, Last Supper style, and they're all just getting high, passing this pipe around. When Sam Adams stands up and suggests they have a revolution, and Ben Franklin's like, Fine, Sam. Then we can invite over a bunch of immigrants and make cars. <laughs>
1: I low key love this rewriting of history because it also kind of makes sense. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it here.
0: They all cheer, and that's the end of this classroom film. You get the outro title card, which is the same circle and dog, except this time it's the dog's ass.
1: I will say, in the first time you see the dog, he looks just like real sad and bored. This isn't, because it was like you said, it's like I'm making fun of like Looney Tunes or like yeah. MGM with the lion, but it's like, A dog that just does not want to be there. Just like, I'm over this shit. That's why I missed it, because I was just watching the dog. Okay.
0: At the very, very end, after that out title card or whatever, it says, an alternate look at an alternate history for an alternate culture. (laughs) Then we go back to Harry, another little segue. He introduces the next segment he's going to show us about... I don't even remember. It
1: was like Native Americans having technology that people didn't know about. That's right. This one was one that didn't feel like it made a lot of
0: sense for what they were trying to prove. But regardless, he says, well, I guess I don't have to tell you everything you know about the revolution is wrong. You know that now. But did you know that Native Americans can be in two places at once? That they can change into animals? That they invented the wire recorder? Well, I've seen it i've heard it
1: <laughs> but the only part of that that i found funny was that when he says the wiry quarter part he just points to some barbed wire taped to a wall
0: yeah it was like in a coil pattern Yeah. <laughs> so he tells us he's showing us some footage and still photos playing us a recording of an old-time medicine show and yeah this is supposed to prove his point about native americans which i don't really think it does but Here we are.
1: So we cut to, this is like before movies when it was just still images, like Austin said, with music and like a narrator, but it would have been like words on the screen. But it's supposed to be a Southern general from the Confederacy. And I did find this really funny, just like, it wasn't, I mean, it was a joke then, but it was it's funnier that, like, the more things change, the more things stay the same. The fact that they were making jokes about how people still believe that the South won back in 74, and here we are today.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So in, in this apparently true history, the South won the Civil War, and we have this Southern elite couple celebrating in our opening of this historical
1: part. One of the first lines is another one of my favorites. I don't think it's going to make the cut for favorite line of the episode, but the uh, general's talking to his daughter.
0: Yes. It starts with this couple and then her daddy, the general, enters the room saying what I think you're about
1: to say. Yeah. She goes over to him and says, think of all the balls we have. (laughs) He just (laughs) looks at it and replies, you're too young to think about that.
0: (laughs) That's actually not the part I thought you were going to (laughs) say. (laughs)
1: Because I was like, wait, I get they're making a ball joke, but like, what's the joke? But it was, she was talking about like dance balls because it was old-timey. My balls are always bouncing to the left and to the right. Yes. So that actually
0: happens right after this. But when it first starts, they're just, you know, they're celebrating the South won the Civil War, they established that, and her daddy, the general or whatever... I don't even know if he's a general, honestly. Either way, her daddy comes in with a bottle of alcohol. Can you
1: stop saying daddy so much (laughs) while we're both naked?
0: (laughs) Nope, I'm just going to say it more. It's what they fucking said in the show. I can't help it.
1: You're just saying it so casually.
0: (laughs) Is it not a casual
1: thing? Not too many.
0: Well, take a bath with a couple daddies.
1: Take a bath with a couple daddies. (laughs) New
0: tagline.
1: New tag. New ta- <laughs> Don't move <goof> cheese.
0: <laughs> With no context that I caught, the the father figure Daddy. enters and addresses his daughter, who again this is a little garbled. I think he says
1: Barnabelle. Yeah, this part was very garbled. This is one of the scenes where I. Th- think at least some of the garblediness was supposed to make it more old timey, especially if it was like played over the radio and radio dramas usually have over the top effects on vocals.
0: Possibly. The one that I noticed that I thought was like just bad playback, bad media was during the Ben Franklin part. Mm. So he comes in holding an alcohol bottle and says, I never left Barnabelle we're gonna go with. No true Mississippi cowhard would leave his wine cellar undefended at such a dangerous time.
1: That is a thing he said.
0: So then Harry fast forwards the footage and he pauses, or not pauses, but allows to play the thing about balls that you said, and then he fast forwards some more, and here's where there is the use of blackface in this movie. It does seem to be done satirically and within historical context, so we decided to continue watching. I apologize if anyone's offended by this. If you can get past it, this part is actually
1: pretty funny. Like Gaza said, it, it it's satirical. They're making fun of how absurd the Confederate way of thinking was and the thought that, you know, the thoughts they were having as well as, you know, like maybe not making fun of, but in like a little bit about how absurd that blackface was even used is how I took it. Like, cause it's really badly done. And yeah, it like, seemed extremely overdone on purpose. They're missing parts of the skin like completely.
0: Right. So at this point they introduce the character Uncle Tom mm-hmm. and he is holding a gun and this family of, Southern white people are all like so happy to see him. They are celebrating his return, which I thought was very strange. And Harry fast forwards the footage a little bit more and he lets it play and the general daddy guy tells Uncle Tom he's a free man now, to which Uncle Tom responds, oh no, I'm not, I'm expensive. And then he attempts to rob this general guy Threatens him with the gun, tells him to put the money in this bag that he dropped on the ground. And the general says he would rather die. He falls on the floor and he dies. At this point, we find out that Uncle Tom is not abolishing slavery, but they're going to take turns from now on. And he says, guess whose turn it is now? To the family of white folks in front of him.
1: I really struggled to understand the voices in this scene. Like, I got the gist of what was happening, but I missed that, and that is pretty funny. It was pretty good.
0: Harry goes forward a little bit more, and it's the medicine show part of the recording, which is what he was alluding to with the thing about the wire recording devices and whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is just he's he's just kind of fast forwarding through like literally one of those like
1: roadside elixir salesmen. Yeah, it's a sna- they're they're snake oil salesmen. I think yeah. even one of the elixirs even says snake oil on it. Yeah. So he shows this like healing
0: paste and this elixir, and there's like three or four things, and then at the end, him and his. I don't know if he's supposed to be Native American. That would make the most sense, or African American. Again, there's the use of blackface in this scene. Mm assistant they mix up this potion and drink it but none of this none of them prove that they do anything it's all just like an advertisement footage and there's nothing about wire recording devices like I, I get that they're trying to say like these things come from native american sciences and they have this knowledge or whatever but it i it felt weird to me
1: yeah yeah and they're like showing them distilling kind of one of the elixirs. And what I got out of it was they were trying to show that it could bring the general back to life because his dead bodies in front of their stand the whole time.
0: Okay, I might have missed that part. That makes a little bit more sense, at least. It still doesn't make sense, but it makes more sense.
1: Yeah, though the one that they are distilling was Hell Oil Tonic, and I was thinking that might be a fun name for our... Drink section. Like, what is your hell oil tonic? But that doesn't seem very bathtubby or funny, but it was it was a cool bottle. It does sound cool. It does sound very cool. Cooler than we deserve. The rest of the scene was awful in many, many ways.
0: Like I said, (laughs) I'm not super comfortable with blackface.
1: (laughs) That's good to hear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I can understand how it's used and when it's used sometimes, Mm -hmm. when it's specifically, especially calling out the use of it, and I do feel like that's what was happening here. We Mm, would not have chosen to watch this if it was used in different contexts. Or seriously. Right. Then we go back to Harry's trailer, and he takes a call from Nino, the great mind boggler. He does. Nino is apparently calling from inside a steel box in (laughs) Russia at the Syphilis Socialist People's (laughs) Institute of Electric Shocks
1: and Psychic Surprises. That is my political party. There's a hell of a place. Yeah, I wanna go there yesterday.
0: Nino tells Harry that he's being studied again, and you'll see why as the scene (laughs) unfolds.
1: Yes, you will. The man on the phone says he is very tan. I don't know if you said that already, but as the two are talking, the camera kind of pans around the room that Happy Harry is in, and you kind of get more of the vibe of, like, who he is, and that this is definitely a trailer in a trailer park. Uh, One thing I noticed, did you know that Campbell's Chunky Soup is that old? Because he has a can of it there. I always assumed that was like a late 90s, early 2000s thing that like Chunky came out. I
0: noticed the soup, but I did not think that greatly about it. I
1: just found it very strange. That feels like a modern thing. I know Campbell's soup is like a bajillion years old, but like the pre-made Chunky soup, I just, it felt like like a modern thing. I mean, I know that's not crazy long ago, but still.
0: You know, Corey, chunks are nothing new. They've had chunks for a long time.
1: They have, but have they had canned chunks for a long time? Apparently they have. Apparently they have. One cool thing I noticed there's a bunch of old radio equipment around in his abode, which isn't surprising, but almost all of it has uh CBS logos all over wow. them.
0: That's weird. Yeah,
1: like very vividly. Like at one point they're in front of like a microphone. Like the camera is like it's like center frame, like a microphone that says CBS on it. So I wonder if that was like the channel sponsor of like the radio station. That's why they were allowed to use it. But like I thought it was also cool that that was a way of inferring that he used to be like a serious radio host and not a crazy conspiracy theorist hawking crazy vinyls like he's got so much real radio stuff there that that would i don't think is a crazy jump and kind of cool character building fair enough you didn't you didn't notice that it's all over i mean i
0: noticed there was equipment but like i didn't think too terribly much of it it still seemed homebrew enough but like i didn't notice the cbs stuff i really didn't notice Mm -hmm. that so nino's on the phone with him uh he's telling him that they told him it's okay to talk about them he doesn't say who he's talking about, we assume, the aliens. He says that they want to contact him. Harry's very excited by this. Nino asks if he's received any messages lately, at which point Nino uses his mind to transfer himself from the telephone to Harry's television so that Harry can check the messages on his answering machine. And Harry's just like, how do you do that? And Nino's like, I don't know. That's what they're trying to find out.
1: (laughs) really funny like that's not a line that could be picked for like favorite line but it's i that was another part i just like stopped it because i was laughing so hard he's <laughs> like i don't know that's why they're studying me
0: <laughs> the way he says it's great is it a great low <laughs> exchange and then harry's like i gotta go start the machine and neo's like stand back i'll do it and he starts playing his answering machine and harry's just like how do you do that and he's like i don't know like, same thing again <laughs>
1: You miss the interaction about the TV, though, before he listens to the cassette, where... He's like, do you see me? He's like, yeah, you look like a big square box. He's like, no idiot, I'm inside the box. That's the steel box. Inside I'm tan, I'm handsome. Yeah, it's like a white padded room with just a big ominous box in the middle, like no door or anything. And that's what
0: Harry sees on his TV. Mm -hmm. On Harry's machine, he has three messages from his trailer park manager, flapper. What a name. One message from the bank, and one message from a Seeker super fan who will come back around later. Right. Nino encourages Harry to talk to Whole Flaffer because he has a funny name specifically.
1: Well, look, I think you ought to talk to this Whole flatter. With a funny name like that, it could be a contact. Nino
0: hangs up and the TV returns to a news broadcast. Harry's getting his shit together to go over to Whole Flaffer's. And on the news broadcast, the anchors are talking about some new scientific discovery. And the first anchor reads a quote from the doctor of some observatory, stating that he's extremely jealous of his colleague for this massive discovery. And he says to the other anchor, "'Well, it seems scientists are prey to the same emotions "'as just about everybody, Ray.'" And Ray responds, "'I wouldn't bet on it.'" I loved that, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these newscasters are hilarious. That is on my list of favorite lines right there, for sure. I didn't
1: even have that one written down.
0: He's just like, I wouldn't bet on it. Like, it's great. <laughs> then the first anchor says, We'll be back in a minute with a story that's sure to cause you mirth when we hear about Rebus Canebus and his leap
1: to the center of the earth. Motherfuckers, Dr. Susan. Rebus Canebus. Yep. Rebus McIntyre. Come again. <laughs> We should use the word mirth more often.
0: Yeah, we don't really use it that often, I feel.
1: That and tryst.
0: Yes, we
1: encountered tryst in The Tick. I was listening to a video game podcast the other day, and they used the word tryst in conversation. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I know what this means now. (laughs) A rendezvous between lovers. Yeah, like a secret rendezvous. Yeah, it then cuts to commercial, and I think... We should as well. We don't have a sponsor. I meant that like a sly way of saying, we are cutting this into two parts. What oh, do you think Austin is a good spot?
0: I think it's a good spot, but I'm torn, not to be spoiling here, but this commercial break is a combination of three parts. We have
1: one commercial, we have a weather report, and we have a second commercial. And oh my God, one of those commercials is so funny. I mean, they're both kind of funny, but I think we got to leave people at the on, on the edge of their tubs, man.
0: I'm proposing we attack commercial one and we come
1: back with the weather in part two. Okay, that's fair. I forget which of the two commercials is the first one. So we have bear Whiz beer. I have also already posted this on our Facebook.
0: <laughs> Basically, we have a burly man in a stream and there's a bear drinking out of the stream in the background. No, it
1: starts with the bear in center frame and it zooms out to the, the burly man. Okay, what he said. It's a terrible puppeted bear. Like, it's horribly done.
0: I mean, yeah, they didn't have a budget for a trained bear.
1: But it's also, like, on purpose. Like, this is so bad. Like, you could have a taxidermied bear that would be, and that would be better. So the voiceover,
0: assumedly by the burly man, is, See that bear lapping up that good old country water? Sure makes a big hairy guy like me thirsty. That's when I wrap my lips around a tall, sweaty, edible bottle of good old country bear whiz beer. (laughs) As my daddy said, son, it's in the water. That's why it's yellow. As the dude (laughs) bends down with a beer mug and gets water out of the stream and it looks like beer or bear piss.
1: Yeah, it's just like beer out of the stream. And this was the line. So what happened the first time I watched this, I thought this was just like, a regular ass commercial when they started it from like the time period that was just included in the YouTube upload. So like I was refilling my coffee or something just listening in the background for when like this show returned. I didn't see that it said Bear whiz on like the opening <laughs> thing. Yeah. But yeah, as yeah. soon as he said it's in the water that's why it's yellow. I stopped and turned around like okay I need to rewind the scene because what the fuck does that mean? <laughs>
0: So something I almost said earlier, but I saved it because I knew we'd get to this point, is that there's actually still a store online that you can buy bear merch.
1: That's amazing, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Why? I don't know. (laughs) Why? That's so great. Oh my God, you need to post that link and also text it to me. (laughs) Fair enough, I can do that. That's so funny. But yeah, that's the first ad and the first half of our coverage of this show because I cannot believe we've been recording for an hour and 15 minutes and we got through the first, we haven't made it to 18 minutes yet in the show. You know,
0: I haven't been paying attention to the length of the recording so far, but I will say, honestly, that's not that bad for us to be at an hour and 15 on about 15 minutes. Like, we did, like, two hours in the tub on the tick at some points.
1: Yeah, but that included, like, us talking about podcast shit after we stopped the official recording.
0: It was, I mean, some of those recordings were pretty lengthy. Like, I cut them down significantly
1: a couple of them. That's true, that's true. So yeah, I think I think this is a good spot to end this episode. And we had not planned on making this a multi-parter, but our intro went long with my wild, crazy life and wonderful tangents. So, but I hadn't planned on picking a favorite line from just the first 18. So, I mean, offhand, Austin, do you have a sticky wicket... <sighs> favorite line, or I, was, I almost said fizzy wicket, and I kinda like that.
0: I don't know how I feel about anything you're saying right now, but let's call it a favorite line so far. Right, right, from the first 15 minutes or where we stopped. I have three contenders in that span. You can read yours first, I'm gonna decide which one.
1: Yeah, okay, so my favorite, my fizzy wicket of the episode is think your children are as innocent as the new puppy next door. They know that their American forefathers took drugs. It's still funny. That
0: one's one of my contenders. I do still like it with the you don't even know who your father is lying on it, but that one is a contender.
1: My distant second was it's in the water. That's why it's yellow.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with a different one from what you did for the sake of that. So we will go with my runner-up first, which was Ben Franklin, the only president of the United States who was never president <laughs> of the United States.
1: Wonderful.
0: I will put my number one line as the brief exchange between the anchors I just said. Seeps scientists are afraid of the same emotions as just about everybody, Ray. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, I keep going back to the term, but that is a Tickism. For sure. That is something that Tick would say. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> well, I would usually talk about what we're doing next week, but you all know what we... Well, we'll see. We are still planning on having a guest episode, but that won't be over this. I don't know what the order of release is going to be or order of recording. It would be really weird
0: if we just introduced a guest in the second half of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not wrong, but it would be in line with this show.
0: Since we are leaving our fans unresolved here, do you have any recommendations for them that might help them get through this this cliffhanging time. Cause I mean, I, I know you've been dealing with some shit. I have too, we gotta cope somehow, dude.
1: Right, and that was something I had texted you right before we started recording, cause that is my way last second and crazy long texts when I do text people back. But one thing I've been kind of liking about what we did in the last episode, which was our wrap up episode of the season one, as well as something I've been kind of leaning into on our Twitter is self-care. And, you know, like, life's tough out there. And my last three-episode recommendations of things I've been doing or, like, suggesting to people have been about being cozy. So I think we should just lean into that. And um, stuff that's been helping us or, you know, we think that, you know, our listeners might enjoy after a stressful day or week or month or year or life I was struggling on this because I've just been so busy recently with, like, fun stuff, but, like, I haven't sat down and watched a show in over a week other than this one. But things are really expensive right now, as I'm sure you're aware. And my suggestion this week is there are some fun, creative ways of still, if you enjoy shopping or finding weird deals or weird shit... Look up in your area if there's something called BitFTA. It's a auction site that is like Target and Amazon Returns or Overstock. You can get some crazy weird shit for like super cheap. Or Big Lots has... I mean, Big Lots kind of sucks now, the stores. But you can order on their website and have it shipped to the store for free. And you can get, again, like the old weird shit that you would expect from Big Lots or back when it was called Odd Lots. And I've also been like... You ever been on GovDeals, Austin, like the website where you can buy stuff that the government's getting rid of? You can find some weird, cool shit for sale.
0: It's been years since I've been on there, but I haven't <laughs> been on there before.
1: So that's my recommendation this week. If you enjoy shopping or looking for deals or just owning weird stuff is do a little exploring because there are, you know, like physical stores may not be the place anymore, but there are still options most likely in your area for that. And that's something I enjoy doing, is just browsing through, like, if I'm, like, trying to put my child back to sleep in the middle of the night, I'll just skim through the auctions and just throw, like, three or four bucks at random stuff.
0: Well, I know I enjoy shopping. I definitely spend money I don't have sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The whole neurodivergent thing doesn't help with that. Yep. Nor does the depression.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But... Honestly, when you brought this up to me, I was like, I don't even know what I've been doing to get through the last week. Mm-hmm. This past week has been a little bit stressful. It's been a lot of go for me, you know, even mm-hmm. things that aren't necessarily super stressful. Like I've just, I've had a busy week. I've had a lot to do. So I feel like I didn't do a whole lot this week as far as self-care, but... Here's what I did do. Here's what I have done over the last couple weeks that has been helpful. I have used during my time to relax. It's mostly been watching things lately. Mm -hmm. I'm jealous. I've been finding movies that I either haven't seen in a long time or that I've never seen. I've just been going to some of my lesser open streaming apps and just Mm -hmm. browsing until I find something that I'm like, this sounds kind of interesting. Let's see what it is. So I, I encourage you to do that open to be open something you haven't opened in a while and just go through A to Z and see what stands out. Take a take a watch. That can be fun. Oh,
1: yeah, that's actually a conversation I've had with my wife because when she's been stressed or had a hard week, she can't watch something new because her brain just can't, you know, like take in new stuff. And she has like a set of like movies that she goes to in those situations. Um, But I'm the complete opposite where if I'm stressed, I need something new to distract me and like concentrate on instead. And I think both are definitely valid. Yeah, the,
0: the comfort show thing is a common coping method for anxiety because you already know the outcome.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting that you like brought that specifically up because we have had almost word for word this conversation. That, that that what you just said is something I like to do if I need to just sit down and watch something.
0: And it's it's something that I. I sh- I used to do a lot more, but I find that I struggle to do these days as often. Mm-hmm. I will look for new things to watch, but I, I don't just sit down and watch a movie I've never seen before. haven't seen it in a very long time as often as I used to. So that's been good. I've been enjoying that. I also watched the limited series Bodies on Netflix. I thought I thoroughly wow, that enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really good. I definitely recommend it. And the other thing that I've been watching that really has been more of my comfort show, my wind down thing lately, has been uh, an animated show, you know, targeted at kids and families, I think, mostly kids. Uh, but it's called Kiff. It's on Disney Plus, uh, and it's been really great. I've literally never heard of this. It's really good. I thoroughly enjoy it. They attack hmm. different issues than you see in a lot of uh, kids' shows. This is like a very perfectionist overachiever main character dealing with anxiety and different things and it was, it's it's been good i'm almost through it beyond that i've been playing a surprising amount of solitaire
1: solitaire is great i'll have to check that show out
0: yeah i recommend that for sure
1: you talking about like the few times you've watched like a comfort thing recently made me think i should probably give something also like similar as well that is something I usually have on is white noise is something that, like, I'm, I'm comforted by and, like, laugh at. And I know I suggested Moon Quest by the Augscast, of the YouTube series, a couple episodes back. But another one, because uh, I watch a lot of YouTube and not as much regular TV, uh, Call Me Kevin, his channel and his stream archive are, like, my go-to comfort things. If I just need, like, something on that, like, I can chuckle at and laugh and like watch or whatever. Like those are great, especially longer ones. If you want something like a, a solid suggestion for a video, cause he's been a YouTuber since like 2013 or something crazy. Over the pandemic came in a bunch of other Irish YouTubers. I did a bunch of different playthroughs of games and then they called themselves uh, the Irish lads with uh, Jack Jacksepticeye and uh, Dahi Nogla. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but those are great. Those are that if you needed like a specific video suggestion, those, but otherwise, like call me Kevin. He is, and he's so wholesome. It's great. Definitely. But otherwise my bath that started out super duper hot and turned my shins red and maybe all sweaty has gotten a little, a little chilly. So I think we should call it.
0: Yes, mine is also a bit lukewarm. I will say before we go, I apologize that we have still not chosen our next season's
1: show, but we are actually very, very close. Yeah, I think we might have one, but we're not ready to announce it yet because it changed very quickly. (laughs) It did change
0: quickly and honestly, I'm just waiting on Corey to tell me which one he wants to do because I have chosen everything so far.
1: I mean, it's worked out, and we've only got one season in, and the nice thing about this show is that the shows we do only ever have one season, so if we do this long enough, we'll get to all the ideas we've had.
0: Yep, I, and I definitely have a short list of things that I want to do because they're personal favorites as well as a list of things I know we want to tackle once we've been doing this for a little bit longer. Firefly.
1: Firefly. Freaks and geeks. I tried doing like the cough under my breath thing, but I I failed miserably. Yeah, you didn't do a
0: great job of that,
1: but you know. Coughing and saying something that starts with the letter F is more difficult than my brain imagined it would be.
0: (laughs) I didn't intend to get into this at all, but I will address it real quick because, I you know, I've had multiple discussions with friends about the podcast and everyone's asking me what we're doing for the next season and... (laughs) bouncing ideas off of me and stuff and like firefly and freaks and geeks and my so-called life always get brought up and mm. we definitely want to do those we have no intention of not doing them but we want to have a little more experience doing this podcast before we get it right
1: that. right because anytime you start a podcast you know you may have like a bunch of stuff planned in out in your head or any kind of like media but it you know as you do it more and uh get more experience with what works and what doesn't, both from, like, a personal and creator level as well as, like, what the audience enjoys. This is going to change. And so we really want to have this more fine-tuned uh, before we tackle the the big boys.
0: But don't worry. We're coming for your fandoms.
1: Yeah, we're going to boof those fireflies with cheese. Feta! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin. Well, I think it's time to drain this bath. And as always, go take a bath. You deserve it. Toodles. (laughs) Toodles.